Welcome on into the Cougar Tracks post game reaction show. BYU takes down Arkansas 38 to 31. I'm Mitch Harper, your BYU insider for KSLSports.com. I was in Fayetteville for the game. Quite the scene as BYU took down the Hogs by a touchdown, the eighth largest crowd to witness a football game inside Razorback Stadium. It was expanded and renovated in 2018 with that end zone. So fairly recent in terms of the bigger crowds in the history of Arkansas, but still the impact that BYU fans made in terms of attendance, things like that. It was quite the scene. It was a great setting for a college football game on a Saturday in the fall down in the SEC, and BYU comes away victorious once again against an SEC team on the road. Last time they were on the road against an SEC team was 2019 against Tennessee. Similar outcome, but more offensive fireworks from BYU. And we'll unpack everything that transpired for this BYU team in that 38-31 to victory. I got to say, too, the game day atmosphere at Arkansas, pretty good. Uh, the tailgating scene was impressive. They did the pig suey. They did that every chance they could the fans did good tailgating scene good crowd I must complain though one thing they don't allow the media to get in until two hours before game that's that's pretty late I usually get four hours before kickoff I know you don't care about the media and and our complaints so I get that I'm not going to get too much on my soapbox thought that was a little weird they only let fans in 90 minutes before maybe that's a little bit standard for most places but it feels like BYU does things a little bit earlier, so that took some getting adjusted to walking into the stadium with only you know a little bit under two hours until kick, but overall, fun atmosphere at a fun game, back and forth. I'll tell you, when BYU got down 14-0, I thought, my goodness, BYU looks outclassed once again against Arkansas. I'm thinking, Arkansas is not this good, are they? Is BYU not this bad, right? Well, They clearly answered that, and BYU bounced back multiple times, down by double digits twice in this game. They come out victorious. I I thought that BYU's defense is an underrated piece to this win because, yes, Arkansas had 424 yards of offense, passing 247, rush yards 177. But as Kalani Satake laid out in the postgame press conference, the impact, the momentum swings that the defense caused for BYU was there. And that's what Jay Hill brings to this BYU defense. Look, there's still areas for them to improve, clearly. But you get four sacks. You force a fumble. You have big interceptions. You're making impact plays. And that's all you can ask for. You know, coming into the season, I told you, there's going to be games where BYU gives up numbers. They're going to give up yards. They're going to give up points. But you're going to like the way the defense is packaged, and you're going to feel a lot better about this defensive personnel and group with Jay Hill, and that played itself out against the Hogs. I love what Eddie Hecker did in that nickel spot. Gets the strip on K.J. Jefferson. BYU comes up with the recovery. Eddie Heckard is the perfect fit for Jay Hill's defense in that nickel spot. He's fantastic. Eddie Heckard is a dog. He's got that dog mentality. He is an outstanding player. Been high on him the moment since BYU got him. I think he's the best cornerback BYU's had in the 21st century. 
Love what Eddie Hecker did for BYU. I thought he had a huge game. Five tackles, had that sack, two TFLs, forced fumble. He was all over the place. I mean, the defense as a whole. Jacob Robinson and A.J. Vongfachon had ten tackles apiece. Tyler Batty, nine tackles, one and a half sacks, one and a half tackle for loss, forced fumble. I mean, these are the type of numbers you want to see. Yes, you would probably like to see the defense off the field a little bit more. Arkansas had 10 extra minutes of time of possession, but, you know, they did what they needed to do. And BYU's offense, the same can be said for them. The offense was not pretty at times. Keaton Slovis, only 13 of 25, 167 yards, two touchdowns, completion rate 52%, but he made important plays when he needed to. I thought the pass to Chase Roberts was outstanding. The catch was amazing, that touchdown grab, one-handed as Chase Roberts called it a Austin Colley, Odell Beckham-like catch that he used to practice as a kid growing up. Keelan Marion made a clutch appearance, one catch, 37 yards, I thought he was huge. I just I like what's happening for BYU right now, where they're getting contributions from some unlikely sources. And LJ Martin, twenty three carries, seventy seven yards. You know there wasn't much success on the ground for BYU. They only finished with seventy seven yards on the night, but LJ made Arkansas respect the potential for the run. You know, forty five of LJ's seventy seven yards came off one run. That was the touchdown run where Aaron Roderick seized the momentum and swung it back in BYU's favor. Just a fun game all around. It really was high intensity, back and forth, a lot of drama, a lot of offensive fireworks, some special teams fireworks. This thing had it all. It was a heck of a football game, one of the best I've watched during my time covering BYU football with KSL, and that's been since 2019, so this is my fifth football season. I've seen some really good BYU games over the years, but this one is near the top in terms of sheer entertainment value. Is it the best win? Eh, I don't think it's the best win, but I will say that BYU and Arkansas put together an entertaining game. And, you know, those final few minutes, did those not feel like an eternity for BYU? felt like, oh, BYU had the game in the bag. And then Arkansas gets another possession, and they just kept moving methodically. And then there was a flag, and then there, there was a stoppage. And you're thinking, why isn't there a clock runoff or, or some extra 10-second runoff? No, it just kept going. The game just kept moving. It felt like the clock was never going to end, but somehow, some way, BYU comes out on top. Jacob Robinson probably wanted that interception back because – that felt like bad juju when he dropped it. You're thinking, uh-oh, Arkansas is going to do something here. They're going to pull off some miracle, and we're going to circle back to that Jacob Robinson drop. That He should have had that. I mean, and Jacob would probably admit that. He should have had that INT, but you can't – guess you can't have them all, but that was one he should have had. Didn't cost the team the game, and that's a good thing. As BYU improves to 3-0 and on the season. Look – Coming of the year, I told you BYU had a shot to be 5-0. and You know, this week, my, my mood changed a little bit, but I did feel like BYU could win this game. I thought it was going to be more of a defensive battle. I did not see this playing out to be the offensive fireworks. And, it, and again, the, the stat sheet for BYU wouldn't suggest that this was an offensive masterpiece. But they just they, they capitalized on the moments where they got the short fields. And I talked about that in my pregame preview on KSLSports.com, that the defense needed to set BYU's offense up 
with a few short fields. And they did that. And Arkansas did that, too, with a shank punt. That punt was terrible. Only 10 yards, and then L.J. Martin pops off for the 45-yarder. I thought Arkansas's talent, too, pretty good. I don't look at them as some eight- or nine-win team in the SEC. I think they're more along the lines of six to seven. But K.J. Jefferson, he's legit, man. 24-35, 247, one TD. He had his first interception. That was the Max Tooley grab. We'll get to that in a sec, but 69% completion rate. And he is a bear to bring down. BYU gets four sacks on him, and there could have been more. You know, Ben Bywater had that one in the fourth quarter, and you thought to yourself, at least I did, oh, no. That's a flashback to last year against Arkansas when Batty whiffed, and then Jefferson escaped on third down, got a first down. Similar situation happened, but that's when Max Tooley then moments later bounced back, and you could hear the defensive chants from the BYU section loud and clear, and then Thule delivered for those fans with a big INT. Isaac Rex had a huge game, too. I shouldn't say huge, but four catches, 57 yards. They were impactful yards, and he could add more. Remember, there was the illegal touching that negated maybe a game clincher. He crosses midfield, and you're thinking, oh, that's going to seal the deal. BYU's locking this thing up. That gets negated, illegal touching. Kalani's got to fix that. That's inexcusable. Three straight weeks where... Illegal touching from the man that's not allowed to touch the ball going downfield causes a loss of down. That was a devastating one in the moment because the next play, remember, Keaton Slovis gets sacked. And, you know, BYU, you're kind of thinking, uh-oh, here we go again, the momentum shifting back to the Hogs. But that's, again, where I talk about the defense rising to the occasion and stepping up and, and making it work for BYU to to find a way to escape this game because there were so many spots where the defense was up against it, and they just found ways to win. Special teams I thought was a little bit disappointing tonight. I know Rico had a coffin corner punt, but there were a few you know penalties on the special teams, and they gave up a touchdown on a punt return, an 86-yarder. Can't have that. Marcus McKenzie, he was double-teamed quite a bit, but it opened the door for another gunner to emerge, Jacob Boren. Not as fast as Marcus McKenzie, but definitely a speedster in his own right. I thought he had a nice underrated performance that really not didn't get much run from the game, but I thought he did a nice job for BYU. Cody Epps returned to action, and I got to say, I felt like Cody's one, he's probably hampered by the hamstring. But it feels like even if he's fully healthy, he's not in the top three at wide receiver. I think Chase Roberts is your clear-cut number one. And then you've got you know, Darius Lassiter, who's in there. Didn't really do much tonight. You got Keanu Hill. You got Keelan Marion. And you got Parker Kingston. Parker Kingston was outstanding. Three catches, 46 yards, had a touchdown, grabbed the first of his career, and... He had the the touchdown pass on the double reverse from Slovis. Kingston lets it rip. 37-yarder to Deion Smith. Wide open in the end zone. It was great to watch it, too, in the press box. It was an open-air press box, and you could just see that thing develop. That was one of the nice things Arkansas gave us, local BYU riders. We were pretty much at midfield, 50-yard line, middle of the upper deck, and right above the lower section. It was a great view I love open-air press boxes, and you could just see the thing open for Deion Smith and Parker Kingston being a former quarterback. Hit him in stride, and it was a great touchdown pass for Parker. He's a playmaker, and 
you know, Fessy Satake told me in fall camp that Parker is way more than just being a speedster. He's a fluid athlete who can do a lot of different things in this offense, and we saw that tonight for Arkansas. But Cody Epps, you know, a lot of expectations on him, and the injury didn't help the cause, but he just seemed a little bit, uh, you know, underwhelming. He had that drop pass. You know, that, that first target to him was a drop. You know, it was a little bit behind him, but he still should have caught that. And he's got to get his footing under him because BYU needs him. But it just doesn't feel like he's in that top three for BYU at the moment. So he's got to kind of re-earn his spot, I would say. Another player that's also kind of falling out of favor a little bit on the position depth chart, Malik Moore. Crew Wakely gets the start at safety. I talked about this in the uh, game day preview on KSLSports.com that Malik Moore was, you know, maybe on shaky ground with Jay Hill after he gave up that big touchdown a week ago against Southern Utah. Jay Hill moves from Malik Moore, not due to injury, but just on the depth chart. Crew Wakely gets the start. One play in, Crew Wakely, after getting a start, the first of his BYU career and his college football career, he goes out with a head injury. Bummer for him. Crew Wakely is a pretty good athlete out of Jordan High School, was a state MVP as a quarterback. Really a good athlete. Don't haven't seen much of him in, in as the safety position, but uh, Jay Hill really trusts him. And then he goes out with an injury. Malik Moore comes back in, and it was a quick hook, and they turn to Tanner Wall and Ethan Slade. So your starters at safety going into the Big 12 are going to be two walk-ons. Probably didn't envision that happening, but that's where it currently stands for BYU regarding the safety position. Another player that I thought was underrated on Saturday night, Blake Mangelson. Kelly Papinga told me coming into the season that he's one of the strongest guys on the defensive end room, maybe the strongest. We saw that strength. There was a great play at the end of the second quarter. He takes away the pitch man for KJ Jefferson, who then had to keep it. It's an underrated thing that didn't end up in the box score, but the impact that Mangelson made was evident. Every time he was out there, I thought Mangelson was huge for BYU. He ended up with, what, three tackles, half a sack. Uh, he did a nice job, had a quarterback hurry as well. I thought Zay Banya had his best game as a BYU Cougar, too, because Zay's been kind of quiet coming in from Boise State, defensive end. Uh, he had a nice game, six tackles, uh, got you know credited with half a sack as well. Uh, they need him to be a complete edge rusher. But I think that position group is emerging. You know, Jay Hill told us in the media he's not too worried about the pass rush. It will come, and it sure enough did come for BYU. Jackson Cravens also underrated impact for BYU at the defensive tackle spot. I think he's been one of the big surprises for BYU. I think everyone expected him to be solid and be a starter, but I think his impact is is gone. Um, you know, a little bit un- unnoticed at times because it's not glamorous what he's doing. But he's assignment sound, and he's filling the gaps and being pretty tough in the run defense for BYU. But overall, just a solid night in so many ways for BYU, and they got to feel good about themselves. And, you know, after the game, right when the final horn sounded, I was on the, on the field at Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, and just you see the happiness, and you see the, the joy that that win brought because, let's face it, you know, no one was saying it publicly, but I got to imagine there were some doubt about this team, but just a little bit. Like, you're not going to, you know, just suddenly 
throw out everything that you worked on in fall camp and throw it to the wind. You know, there was still belief, but just having it against an opponent that has a pulse and is going to go to a bowl game and is and is just a respected brand. And Arkansas has got dudes. They, they do. I mean, you look at their personnel. If they would have had Rocket Sanders, it's probably a different football game. That loss of him was huge for the Hogs. But to get that win on that setting... I just thought that was a that was a big get, and you could just tell the not sensory relief, but just like, hey, this is a good football team. Because through two weeks, even though you were two and zero, I don't think anyone was looking at them saying, yeah, you're a good football team. It was like, you know, they could end up three and nine. <laughs> so that was a breakthrough win, and it's also one of those wins too that's huge for bowl eligibility. And typically, that's not a narrative we have when we talk about BYU football, but. Uh, the, the kind of the quest for getting to six wins is important here. And you get a win when you're a touchdown underdog on the road. Uh, that's got to help the, the odds uh, of you getting to the postseason because, you know, Iowa State's not looking good. They lost to Ohio. Cincinnati kind of came back to earth after losing to Miami, Ohio. And you got to imagine there's another game or two where BYU is going to be an underdog and they're going to spring an upset. So, I just think that BYU needed this one to have that belief going into Big 12 play. Like, yes, you can go in and compete because had they come in and and lost this game and got destroyed like it looked like after a 14-zip deficit, uh, that would not have boded well for BYU. Now, the challenge for them going forward is to not just suddenly think they've arrived and suddenly feel like they are one of the top 10 teams in the country. They're not. They, they might not even be top 25 yet, but they're a good football team. They're a solid football team. Uh, you know, could this still end up being a 6-6 six and six team? Absolutely. Could it be a 5-7 and seven team? Maybe, because the margins are so thin in these sort of games. You know, you can't live on the edge forever. Uh, and you got to think sometimes, you know, teams like in Arkansas are not going to always shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, there were times where Arkansas did shoot themselves in the foot with some penalties. Or they, you know, had a spot and it came up short. And then BYU comes up with a big stop on fourth down. And A.J. Vongvachan playing with some violence. So uh, the margins are thin for BYU. And they're going to play a lot of toss-up football games. But, hey, keep going week after week and let them pile up and see where it stands at the end of the year. And that's a good win for BYU. Uh, You go into the SEC anytime you can do that. That's a big deal. And I think that that's a big deal for BYU to get that one. The next time BYU goes into an SEC venue is 2029. That's against Ole Miss. Who knows if that ever happens. So these sort of games just don't happen often. And I, I got to say, I, I love games in the SEC. And I thought Arkansas fans were great. I think they were very humble. You know, some of these other venues you kind of walk into and the fans go up to BYU fans and be like, hey, you know, like best of luck to y'all, like, you know, in the pregame. But you know, you're probably, you're probably going to take a loss, but, man, we respect the heck out of you and, uh, you know, wish you nothing but the best. It's like I think Arkansas fans had a little bit of feelings like BYU where it was like, eh, I don't know really where we stand. It was a lot of, well, the offensive line struggling for us and wouldn't be surprised if you guys won this game. And I think vice versa, BYU fans were saying that to Arkansas too. So I think it was respectful on both sides. I know BYU left an impression on these Arkansas folks because – one, on the field, BYU gets a win. That's always going to leave an impression. But two, off the field, uh, donated 40,000 pounds of, of food. And, you know, the, it, you were thinking, too, at least I was, oh, you know, well, when they were down 14-0, well, at least they won the charity bowl. 
<laughs> at least they won off the field. Uh, but they actually won on the field as well. And the Cougars now move to 3-0 on the season. Next up for BYU, a trip to Lawrence, Kansas. Did you ever think you, I'd say that? BYU and the Kansas Jayhawks squaring off in a Big 12 game. It's finally here, folks. The Big 12 slate has arrived. Didn't think it would happen, but it's finally here. After all that time waiting, remember Dr. Lawrence Skuvenek? I'd like to invite Brigham Young to the Big 12 Conference. It's now finally here. It's go time for BYU football. We'll have you covered next week. I'll be in Lawrence next week for that one. One thirty kick extended pregame. Begins at 9 a.m. on KSL News Radio. We will have you covered wall to wall with great coverage on KSLSports.com, KSL News Radio, your legacy home of the BYU Cougars. I will talk to you on Sunday morning, first and 12, 10 a.m. to noon, with Alex Carey recapping the weekend that was in the Big 12 Conference and dish out some power rankings. And then Monday night with Matt Biamonte, Cougar Nation, 6 to 7, taking your phone calls to react to this big win over Arkansas for BYU. So I'll talk to you then here on the Cougar Tracks podcast, and it's always powered by kslsports.com.